Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the girls and boys NSAA High School Soccer Championships from Morrison Stadium at Creighton University. Tuesday, May 14th, see Class B boys at 5.30 p.m. Central and Class A boys at 8 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. Listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Now, as we walk out this tunnel, man, as we walk out this tunnel for the first time, the University of Nebraska, we, we have a pink ribbon on the back of our helmets, and obviously that's that's for all the the wives, the moms, the sisters that have been affected by breast cancer, man. But it's it's even greater than that. It's a way for us to honor those in our lives: our mom, our grandma, our our girlfriend's mom, our aunt, the people in our lives who have fought for us. Because ain't none of us here of our own accord. Picking you up, taking you to school, fighting for you, taking a second job, battling, maybe keeping you away from the hard things in your life. She took it on so that you could just be a kid. Who is that for you? Who is that for you? Maybe it was your dad. Maybe it was a coach. But, man, they fought for you. They were warriors for you. These women that fight this this battle, they're warriors. I saw it with my mom. Kicking off hour number three here on Hurt Out Sports Radio. I'm Robbie Lula with Andrew Rogers. We are on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, and KFOR in Lincoln. We are joined now to kick off this third hour with our friend Michael Brunts from Husker 24-7. Brunts, how are you this morning? Not bad. What's up? Michael, do you have your uh, Connor Stallions recording glasses on this morning? Uh, I, yes, I do. I, I'm, cur- I'm currently buying tickets to every uh, college football game that I can find uh, right now for listen, my friend. Listen, you got, yeah, for your friend, for, your friend. <laughs> for which you will pay them to go to on And Venmo, you'll Venmo them pu- and publicly. let them know that you bought tickets to the game. My, my very public Venmo account, yes. No, you seem more like a cash app guy. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> like I, that's I'm what Connor Stallions would say. I got to write a check and I got to balance my checkbook while I'm sitting there writing it. That's how old I am. I can't even remember the last time I wrote a check. Dude, you know what the last time I don't know time if I I've ever a written a check. Was? What's that? I was buying soup. <laughs> you had to buy, write a check to buy soup? What happened here? There was a, uh, there was a, a great soup place here in uh, Lincoln. Shout out to Grateful Bread. Um, and they, they don't take cards, but they take cash. And they take checks. And I didn't have cash, but I had a check. <laughs> Wanted some soup. I went. I went and wrote. I wrote a check for uh, for soup, guys. <laughs> so was, was it, it like, junky? Was it like a four dollar check? Like what? <laughs> no, I mean it, this is like good soup. This is like really good. Not not like you know Yevkasem type stuff from Seinfeld, but like good soup. No soup for you. So you got like a couple, you got a couple things of soup. You got some some cheese scones. You got a little, a, a giant giant chocolate chip cookie. So it it wasn't like it was like a 
seven dollar check or anything. It was, it was you needed to write a check. Imagine if you <laughs> were in Seinfeld, you went after George, who said medium crab bisque, and Brunts went up there with a check. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if you'd ever I, be welcome back I either. Saying, I think you might have been banned from the soup shop if you were writing the check there, but that's so if, funny. If you, guys, if you guys are ever down in Lincoln on Thursday or Saturday, we'll go get some soup, and I'll, it'll be on me. I'll write a check. You guys can watch. <laughs> I think I'll, I'll see myself out. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll cash app you the difference so I can pay for my meal. <laughs> yeah, I'll get you. I'll get you money through Zell. Uh, Brunts, as we kind of, I guess, turn our attention to football um, instead of checks and soup. Um, we've got Michigan State coming up this week. I know that the coaching staff has said, like, hey, you know, this team is closer to six and two than it is two and six. Um, I'm not. I'm not buying it, uh, if I'm being honest with you, Bruns. I, I don't – is there a couple places they could have got wins that they didn't? Sure. But, I mean, let's be real here. This isn't a very good football team in Michigan State right now. Yeah, they're – well, it, it's I, it's coach speak, right? Like the, yeah. They're not, they're not close to 6-2. Um, they're, they're not at all. Um, but it's funny, though. You look at their numbers, and they're not – Defensively, they're a little worse than Nebraska, but they're not that different than Nebraska numbers-wise. Um, it, it's actually – I was just kind of writing a preview uh, for our Saturday stuff, and it's pretty close in a lot of areas. I mean, they they give the ball away just as much as Nebraska's offense does. Um, you know, they're, they're pretty similar in turnover margin. Uh, they can play a little defense. I mean, to me, this game is so much more about Nebraska. Like – Nebraska's defense is playing really well right now. They, they've got you know six takeaways in the last three games. Uh, they're also negative three in turnover margin in those three games, which is it's just mind-blowing to me. But um, if Nebraska can take care of the ball, they get a couple big plays, this should be a game that Nebraska walks out of East Lansing being bowl eligible. Um, you know, I, I think this is just another test for this team of whether or not you can stay focused, you can stay, you know, just thinking about the the players across from you, and not, you know, what's what's out there because the the outside noise has gotten a little bit louder on the program. Uh, you've won three in a row and you're feeling pretty good, but um, you know, Michigan State has a few guys that can make you pay if you're not dialed in, and that that's the challenge for Nebraska. I mean, it, it's much more this week about whether Nebraska can keep from beating itself, in my opinion. Bronze, I. I... I mentioned this last week, and I it felt a little weird to say out loud, but I think if Nebraska can keep the turnover margin to minus two, that they're going to win most of these games on the rest of the way out. That feels weird to say because you're like, hey, you got to get even most of the time. You get maybe get plus turnover margin. I feel like as long as Nebraska isn't totally disastrous, they're going to be in these <laughs> games. Like, am I crazy or is that kind of where we're at? Yeah, well, I mean, it's. Nebraska's kind of been a little lucky, right? I mean, with the way that Northwestern game started, I mean, they, they should not have been sitting where they were mm-hmm. after that first quarter. I mean, the, let, let's be honest. I mean, that they were very fortunate that the defense came in and, mm-hmm. um, I mean, kind of did what they've done all year. Um, yeah, I mean, I, a positive turnover margin for this group feels like a big ask. Um, it's a pipe dream at even, this point, right? Like, that's what it you, feels like. Well, I, I'm just talking week to week. I mean, like, I, I feel like 
you know, even you would take that. Um, I, I think they got a. This is a game where it, it's probably going to be a one possession game into the fourth quarter. And I, I think that you know, as, as long as Nebraska doesn't have these like just mind numbing fumbles that you know, even last week, I mean, a couple of them had like Hiram Harbert fumbles when he's basically giving himself up to the play. Like, just get down. Like, it, it's not not uh, heady stuff here. So, yeah, I mean, I, I I think they would they would potentially be in trouble at minus two. Minus one, they'd be okay um, if they uh, if they get to zero or close to even the rest of the way with the turnover margin. I mean, look out! You might you might be having to find uh, find hotels in Indianapolis in early December. Bruncey, um, I'm sitting here. You mentioned the bowl game. We're talking about um, kind of like the the shakiness to this Nebraska team, and I. I'm thinking, take any team over the last six to seven years. It, it was the it was the stint from the last bowl game up until you know the potential bowl game that uh, the Huskers are on the brink of securing. This so, uh, where do you think this team ranks among the teams that came six seven years ago? I'm ultimately trying to figure out if this is the most talented of the bunch or if this team's success is also a product of their opponents and not being, you know, in the strongest of conferences this year? Well, I mean, the, the Big Ten West has not exactly been a juggernaut during those six or seven years. I mean, you know, Nebraska was what they'd won once against Northwestern in, in Illinois over the last three years um, combined. I think they're one in five against those teams. Uh, similarly against Purdue, they just hadn't beaten them. Um, you know, so that, that the schedule's always kind of been the same. It's just always in my my head kind of been about Nebraska. And you know, the 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 conversation for years was, oh, they're so close. This is the best, whatever, however many lost team in America, a three win team in America, or, or whatever. Um, you know, I, I don't know that this team has more talent. I think it's I think it's just being utilized in a a really good way. I mean, I, I'd probably go back to, oh, I don't know, maybe the 2019 team. Was that probably the most talented one since? Uh, 19 or 21, probably. Yeah, yeah, that, those were the two I was thinking. I mean, I think that both of those teams are a little bit more explosive on offense. I think they had decent athletes on defense that, that maybe uh, I, I feel like probably could have been utilized a little better. So, um I wouldn't say this is the most talented team. I think this team is really bought in. I think this coaching staff is coaching really, really hard right now. And, you know, I, I think they've finally figured out a recipe and coaching to that recipe to, to win these types of one-score games. I mean, just you go back through some of the games that Nebraska's lost since they've last been in a bowl game, and it's just uh, head-scratching the way that they've done it. I mean, so many of those games you, you had – you know, your defense on the field with a chance to win it, you couldn't do it. I mean, the, the Northwestern game where they go all the way down the field and score and win in overtime. The, the Purdue game where they they kill you on the end around. Uh, you know, the, the, there's just so many examples of those types of games. The, the way they absolutely folded on the road against Colorado. I mean, there, there's I, I think that's the difference with this team is that it's a tough group. They've got a, a, a damn good defense right now, and, and they're playing really good football. Um, and I don't know that that's necessarily a talent thing. Bruns, this is a totally useless exercise, but it's something I find myself thinking about a lot. Um, 
How many wins does either that 2019 or 2021 team have if this coaching staff is there instead? Yeah, I, I, I thought about that too. Um, Way more than I should have, right? Like I, I've spent too much time thinking about that. <laughs> but it's just, I mean, think about even like the the special teams things that bit some of those teams and, and cost them games. Um, you know, if they had just played even in special teams in a lot of those matchups, they probably uh, were a bowl team. I yeah. mean, that, that's just the reality of, um, you know, what they were. And I, I think, you know, I, I think the thing that hasn't changed is I feel like the margin of error has always been very thin um, between, you know, over the last, you know, four or five years. It's just the defense is playing lights out right now. Um, you, you're playing decent enough special teams. You're winning the field position battle. And, you know, you're, you're, you've been able to, you know, kind of ham and egg an offense, and, and you're, you're getting it done. So it's uh, – it's it's still you know kind of precarious, but I, I think uh, this coaching staff's done a really good job of getting guys to buy in and uh, using what they've got. I mean, heck, you know James Williams is in there for two games, and uh, you know most people wouldn't have been able to pick him out of a lineup, uh, but before that uh, that game against Northwestern. Bruncey, in November matters. Those were the words uttered by Coach Rule to his team. Yes, this is a learning experience. But this is what you play for. These are the games you've already prepared for, courtesy of the other eight this season already. How real has it become to you, though, that this team is in striking distance of a bowl game and potentially something greater? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, the conversation's definitely changed since since we left Boulder. Um, that's for sure. Um, you know, the... It, it almost kind of felt like the sky was falling a little bit then. And, you know, they've, they've found a way to despite a lot of things going wrong on offense injury-wise, to make this work. And, you know, I think that's a credit to, to the players, to the coaching staff. I mean, it, I, I think if you would have, you know, walked up to somebody walking out of Folsom Field and say that, you know, by the time this team walks out of uh, or heads to Michigan State, they're going to have a chance for a bowl game, uh, a st- statistical chance of making it to Indianapolis if things break right, uh, they, they would have told you you're crazy. And... You know they, they've done a good job. I think of um, just kind of sticking with the process. I think I think this coaching staff felt like it was going to be a slow build um, through the season, and they were going to play better football. But um, yeah, I mean it, it, it's been a remarkable turnaround. And you know I I, I hear a lot. It's, it's you know the Big Ten West schedule. It's a bad schedule. Um, it, it's it's the same schedule they've played for the <laughs> since it was Legends of Leaders. So um, you know that they, they're they're, they're beating the teams they should finally, and I think that's progress. Bruns, you mentioned, you know, the, the way the season started, and I think, myself included, I, I'm not sure I heard anybody project this team to make a bowl game that didn't have them at least splitting those first two games and to now be in a spot where they went 0-2 and, and now they've won five of their last six is kind of remarkable. Um especially, as you mentioned, considering some of the injuries on offense. I wanted to touch on that offensive line real quickly here. Um, how did you think they played with those uh, three reserves uh, against Purdue as starters uh, on that offensive line? I didn't notice them. And, and you mean that, that is a good thing, right? Yeah, that, that's a good thing. I mean, I, I think, you know, with, when you look at the three guys that were in there, I mean, you know, Teddy had, had played a little bit, started some, and, you know, Lutovsky's been a rotational guy, and 
uh, you know, Justin Evans Jenkins, they love him and been trying to get him on the field more. So it, it wasn't the total stretch that those three guys were out there. It was like, you know, somebody that's never played before. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I didn't I didn't notice them. I, I thought they were able to get enough done. I thought that Purdue front was actually pretty good. Um, you know, number four, number five, I mean, they they were a problem all day. Um, and will be for a lot of teams, but no, I mean, for those guys to be kind of called in on really short notice and to play the way that they did, I thought I thought they held up fine. I mean, uh, you know, that that's kind of all you can ask for, and, and that's, you know, the kind of line depth that I don't know that Nebraska would have necessarily had in years past. I'm trying to think of a, you know, there haven't been many teams where they probably would be able to go past, like, a sixth or seventh guy, and, and you know, you're – you're basically replacing the entire left side of your offensive line uh, with a week's notice, and they did pretty well, I thought. Bruncey, this kind of goes more toward the rest of the season because I think the opponents uh, that Nebraska plays down the stretch may have an edge over Nebraska in terms of a Vegas line. Uh, But what do you think this team needs to do offensively more going forward in order to feel comfortable in games when they aren't treated as the favorite? Yeah, I mean, I think what, what you need, and I don't, I, don't know if, I, don't, I don't know if this offense is just what it's going to be, um, and, and they are who they are, or if there's an opportunity to you know, change this, but, I mean, you, you just need a little bit more of a consistent run game with the running backs. I mean, that, that's been what this whole season has kind of been asking for. And it's been tougher since you have the injuries to Ramirez Johnson and Gabe Irvin. But, you know, think about that Purdue game. I mean, you, you just needed to be able to turn around, hand the ball to Anthony Grant or Emmett Johnson and trust those guys are going to hold on to the ball and just kind of push the pile. And I think, I think that's the thing that I've been impressed with with Emmett Johnson is it seems like he, he's a patient runner and when he finds a crease, he goes. And I know he had the fumble against Illinois – uh, but he seems like the kind of guy that, you know, you, that you can kind of turn to late in games to, to just kind of go into that four-minute offense and, and choke the game out. I mean, that, that, that to me is, is, you know, what's kind of been missing and, and would probably uh, result in some, a little bit less stress in the fourth quarter is if you just have somebody besides Heinrich Harburg that you can go to uh, and, and just kind of try to lean on people. Um, you know, the offense is going to be what it is. They're going to run some option. They're going to try to get it downfield for a couple of deep passes. Um, and and you know, I, I just I don't know what wrinkle is out there that we haven't seen already. Um, so I, I think you just kind of have to work around the framework you have and give me a little bit more in it, Johnson. That's what I want. Mm. We're talking with Michael Brunson of Husker 24-7. Um, looking at Michigan State, obviously the – quarterback situation there is a little bit up in the air we talked to uh, a Michigan State insider earlier in the week he thinks it's going to be Levitt um, does it matter who the quarterback is against Michigan State it doesn't seem like there's been a ton of difference in what we've seen from the different guys yeah the, the young kid that was in there um, blank on his name. Levitt. Um, yeah Levitt. He, he at least has the ability to kind of give you some issues with his feet I think and, and that always kind of concerns me a little bit. I mean, I, I think Nebraska did an okay job of keeping Hudson Card in check last week with his feet, but he was able to scramble around and, and you know, cause some issues. So, um, you know, if, if you kind of have that fear of a guy being able to get out of the pocket on you, it does change how much you, 
you rush, how you rush. And I, I, I think Nebraska did a little bit of that last week, was a little bit more conservative with the way that they were doing things in the pass rush. So um, I, I don't think it makes a ton of difference, but it also kind of worries you a little bit too sometimes. And, and you know, as, as a fan of a baseball team that has, doesn't play meaningful games after, like, May, <laughs> you, you do kind of get a little bit concerned when you've got a young guy in there who's kind of excited to be there and trying to prove something late in the season. Like, it feels like a team right now that's kind of willing to kind of play out the clock here. But, you know, the the young guy wants to show what he can do. And I, I think that that's a little concerning, even though, you know, you're probably going to have some young guy mistakes and things like that. So um, it doesn't make a ton of difference, but I think a, a little bit more of a mobile quarterback does uh, does bring some different questions into the, into the game plan. Bruncey, uh, got about four minutes left. I want to get a recruiting question in, at least the last one from me. Give us the latest on the Husker recruiting trail. While Nebraska's winning on the field, where do you see them winning off the field now, whether it's with a player you think is going to commit or the Huskers are at least winning the race? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're kind of still, you know, in, in wait-and-see mode for a couple guys left in the, in the 24 class. Uh, Grant Bricks is obviously the big one. Um, he was at Nebraska last weekend for an unofficial visit, and that was noteworthy because he had said he wasn't going to make any more visits before uh, he made his decision. Um, he's going to go, I guess, now and, and see Kansas State again and see Oklahoma again. Those are basically the three schools for him. Um, and, and, you know, he's he's the kind of, you know, developmental, talented offensive lineman that, that Nebraska would love to have to kind of wrap, wrap up its recruiting class. He's a four-star uh, lineman, um, really talented kid. So that that's the big one to watch. And, you know, I, I think there's going to be, you know, continuing movement with the recruiting class. I mean, I, you've seen Nebraska pick up a couple commits uh, over the last few months, even though they're at, I believe, 26 commits now. Um, I People always ask me, well, how, how's the math going to work on that? How are they going to bring in all these guys? It, it, it'll work out. I don't know how. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want to balance the checkbook on that, but I, I think it'll work um, somehow. So, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you see a, a senior film guy or two pop up still. Uh, they had Larry Tarver Jr., a, a defensive back from, uh, from, from Florida in last week for an official visit. So, they're continuing to look around, and you got to play defense a little bit too with your guys. Certainly, Carter Nelson has a lot of attention still from Notre Dame. Uh, Carlon Jones, the defensive line commit, who I think is you know probably overlooked in the importance of this class, is going to visit Ohio State uh, later in, in November. So, got to play a little defense and, and keep looking for some guys that uh, can help you too. But um, they're, they're, it's it's kind of focusing down a little bit on the number of guys out there. Bronze, you're uh, headed up to East Lansing with uh, BC this week. Is that right? Yes, we uh, bright and early tomorrow morning. I'll say, what's the uh, what's the itinerary like? You got any you got any leisurely plans before you get to the game? Uh, well, we'll see what kind of trouble we can get into in Detroit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sure you won't have to look far to find it. <laughs> yeah, I know it usually finds you. Um, I, yeah, yeah, it'll, it'll be a, a little bit of a circus act. The, it's unfortunate the Red Wings, Pistons, everybody's not in town, uh, which is too bad. But uh, yeah, early kick on Saturday too kind of kind of uh, limits the options. So it's, it's a business trip, guys. Don't forget that. Hey, what's We're going one and all this week? <laughs> what's BC like to travel with? 
he he's a good travel companion. Um, he's good on long road trips. He can talk as, as you would expect. He can talk about a lot of things, and he has good takes on things generally. We uh, we're a couple of old guys, so the music <laughs> music genres kind of line up too. Um, we don't get any get into too many fights about that stuff. So it's all, it's always a good time. <laughs> Favorite uh, late '90s, early 2000s hits? Is that what's going on there, Bruncey? A lot of 90s being played in that car. <laughs> hey, you love to see it. That's uh, that's my sweet spot, too. Uh, Michael Brunts, we appreciate your time as always. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, guys. Take care. Hey, thanks, Bruncey. That is Michael Brunts from Husker 24-7. Coming up next, we're going to play a little Herd at Hot Seat with my guy Andrew Rogers here on Herd at Sports Radio.